0: 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.
1: Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Chris shot, score! What a beautiful... the five hey Edmonton that's your quarterback Mike Riley to the end zone
2: touchdown Eskimo ladies and gentlemen dagger Edmonton's home for
3: breaking news on your favorite team now inside sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos 630 check
1: closer to the final Oilers game at Rexall Place in 48 hours they'll be on the ice probably be in the first intermission Oilers and Canucks coming up on Wednesday 5 p.m. start time we'll have extended coverage for you here on 630 Chet and to help you get you ready for that three former Edmonton Oilers on the show tonight Louis DeBrusque will join us you'll hear from Corey Cross and Dave Lumley will be in studio tonight between 8 and 9. That'll be fun. And memories from a little different perspective. Don Clark on the show tonight, the former building manager of Rexall Place. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. The Toronto Blue Jays in action undefeated on the season, leading Tampa Bay 2-1. That game is in the top of the fourth inning. Matthew Panaschik is your studio producer this evening. Matthew, good to see you, man. Good to see you too, Reed. Great work here back at the studio as you suffered another loss to your record as the Oilers operator.
4: Uh, 17 20 and 2 now for me. 1722.
1: 2 Well, I guess that's better than Kellens. Yes, it is. A he'd, lot better. <laughs> he'd be, he would be more games under five hundred. All right. Well, uh, before we uh, get into some of the memory section of the show, we'll uh, we'll talk about the current events. And uh, the phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. You can text six We're going to get to some of McClellan's comments from today. And uh, I know a lot of you uh, weighed in on overtime, over, overtime open line after the game. Clearly a lot of frustration with that loss to the Flames. A game where the Oilers, I thought, actually did okay for about 15 minutes. They allowed the shorthanded goal. And then they just kind of went away and uh, got flattened by the Flames. And... And here's the, here's the thing, and, and look, there will be changes in the off season. We've known that for a long time. I mean, I, I said a couple months ago, I'd, I'd made up my mind about what type of team this was and, and the weaknesses that they had and and all that kind of stuff. So w- beating the Flames 5 nothing Saturday night, I don't know, would have changed my, my big picture feeling about this team, but I, I think here's a little bit of reinforcement, is that a this team too often has efforts like like Saturday night. Um, when they do, I mean, some teams can play poorly but but still figure out a way to get a point or two out of the game. The the Oilers cannot unless the goaltender absolutely steals the game, and that wouldn't have mattered Saturday because they couldn't score themselves but but the the other thing about this that is, is is perhaps just as disheartening to me anyway. I mean, look, when you, when your team loses bad to your, your rival, okay, you you're, you're going to feel horrible about it. You're going to be upset. But let let's look at some other things here. When the Oilers play better or when they play fairly responsible or fairly hard like against Anaheim or against Los Angeles at least for 40 minutes, they they still lose. So is Peter Sharelli going to look at Saturday's game and and base what he wants to change on that game? Well, I don't think so. I think he's going to look at the games, perhaps even, perhaps you have, you have to look at these games and put even more stock in the games where you say, my team actually played pretty well and we're still a goal or two short. Maybe that's a better indication of the holes that you have on your roster. Than the games where you absolutely you absolutely lay an egg seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three again the text line is six thirty six thirty. Here's Todd McClellan, the opening of his news conference today. I left in a couple questions because I want to have the context and uh, uh, Old Wilkie jumped in with the first question today. What message
0: are the players received from this morning's press Well, first of all, it's today's a disappointing day in my opinion because it it was a day that we should have been using to advance our team game polish things up um, in certain areas and it turned to into reestablishing a work ethic and um, and holding players accountable for lack of a work ethic in a game um, the staff and the players we get no joy in that at all It's not fun that's like sitting in front of my two boys at home and disciplining them for uh, for their inactions or poor choices um, there isn't a parent in the world that likes doing that and that wasn't a fun day uh, but we had to reestablish that there are some expectations when you put the equipment on to uh, to be honest at least and um, I was disappointed after reviewing the game again and, and obviously the effort and the battle level But even some of the game management situations minute 20 shifts um, and then still trying to go on offense and and complete disregard for back checking so the day was spent trying to uh, to reestablish boundaries and what's acceptable and what isn't. There's a feeling that, that the things you just spoke up are endemic. There are players in your dress group that will never learn not to pull that team out of their hat and
3: they will never learn to be responsible back checkers and change it. Is that a sound theory?
0: Um, well, my experience is, is 200 days. I've seen improvement in a lot of areas and then it, it comes back in. It's, it's, uh, it's like a disease that uh, you know you think you have cured and then it reappears and you got to go back and I think I used the word eradicate the other night. Um, you've got to get it out of your system. But, um, I, I think it's dangerous at this time of the year to really get emotional too. And that's what we are right now as a staff and, and players as well, because then sometimes you do make poor decisions heading into the summer, but uh, we'll deal with right now. Uh, we'll live in the moment and we'll try and fix that. And then we'll deal with the rest later.
1: All right, so that's how McClellan started off today. And, you know, you heard Mark Spector ask the question, are, are, are there players here that it just looks like they are never going to learn? And, and I know, you know, Jordan Eberle was getting beat up pretty bad on Saturday night um, by fans and media and people who called this show for uh, the, the lack of the back check on the Flames' shorthanded goal. And uh, Everly was asked specifically about that today.
4: Yeah, I, I just, I, I made the wrong read. Um, I mean, I was coming back, and I, I thought, oh, obviously, he had it on his tape, and he was going to chip it out. But obviously, he wasn't. I mean, I, I just had to finish finish the check and, and not, uh, not expect it to get bounced out. So, I mean, obviously, that was on the video today, and there was a lot of other stuff, too. So, um, like I said, we worked a lot on back checking today and worked on some other stuff, and, and uh, you know, that needs to be better. All
1: right. So, uh, well, certainly does uh, need to be better. I, I know a lot of you are frustrated because you say, I, I hear the same player saying the same things after the game where they have made the same sort of mistakes that they have made game after game or in some cases year after year. And, and I get that. And I, and I hear where that's coming from. And, and again, every team is going to have a stinker. You know, Todd McClellan said sometimes you need to be reminded of the work ethic that is necessary uh, when you put on the jersey, but like he said, it's also game 80. It's also game 80. There, there are there are some f- lessons here that you'd think would have sunk in by now, or or perhaps would lessons that would not be so easily uh, ignored when it came down to crunch time and key situations uh, in the game. Here are some other Everly comments from today.
4: Yeah, I mean, we were disappointed just like everyone was. Um, you know, that's not us. it's not who we are. We came today, uh, came to work today. Um, I think if you guys watched, we did a lot of drills, a lot of skating. So, um, you know, you watch the clips that you're, you're embarrassed about and, and, and you get back on the horse. And we got a chance again on Wednesday to to feel good about ourselves and finish uh, finish well in, in this rink and give the fans something to cheer about what they deserve. Yeah, that, I mean that last game here. It's it's going to have some meaning for mm-hmm. people in in this city and, and people that have been part of this organization in the past. How much does that weigh on you guys, and how much is it maybe tough to come off of a performance like that into such a meaningful game? I think it's pretty obvious we need to win. Um, you know, we under, we know the group we are better. We're better in here. We 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 didn't play our best uh, the other night. And, um, you know, obviously, got skated for it today, and, and got our work habits back. And, and um, you know, we're disappointed that shouldn't happen in, in game 70. I think game 70s, or sorry, game 80s. So, um, you know, we, we need to, like we said, we need to be better. We, we got to come out uh, on Wednesday, and, and for guys who've been here a long time, like myself, or you know, guys who've been here from the past. I mean, there's a lot of pride in this organization. You want to finish with that.
1: All right, so that's Jordan Eberle from uh, from after practice today. A whole bunch of more of uh, Todd McClellan to get to. Of course, your Oilers report is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. John texting in. He says, I hope the Oilers lose their final two games and finish 30th. I predict the team that finishes last will win the lottery. With the first overall pick, the Oilers can draft Matthews and trade Dreisaitl, Hall, Eberle, and Yakupov. Go Leafs. Go Blue Jackets. Let's keep the Oilers in 30th where they belong. That is from uh, John. John, I love that you made a lottery prediction. You probably know how I feel about that. If I were good at lottery predictions, I would be a multi-millionaire by now. Because trust me, I wouldn't be trying to predict the NHL draft lottery. I'd be trying to predict the Lotto Max or uh, or the 649. Uh, 20% will be the Oilers' chances of getting the first overall pick if they do indeed finish last. If they finish 29th, it'll be 13.5%. And as you probably remember from last year, if they finish 28th, it'll be 11.5%. Anvil89 says, looks like all Justin Schultz needed was a change of scenery. He is playing well in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's doing okay. Had a couple points the other night. He is also playing less in Pittsburgh than he had to here, which is probably a good thing. That's part of the reason the Oilers have been bad. They've had guys playing too many minutes. All right, a couple of more of your texts to get to. More f- from Todd McClellan. More of you, of course. The phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. <laughs>
0: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton
1: Sports Leader, 630 Thank you for tuning in, 619, now 4-1 for the Blue Jays, leading Tampa Bay in the top of the fourth inning. Got to give a shout-out to Bob Stoffer. Oilers now, earlier today, had a, had a young man by the name of Wayne Gretzky on his program. You can get the uh, full audio by going to the Oilers Now page on 630 com. You can also uh, uh, sign up for the Oilers Now podcast. Sign up for the Inside Sports podcast while you're at it too. I'd really appreciate that. Some of the Gretzky highlights, he talked about playing at Rexall Place as a visitor. No,
5: I made no secrets about it. I hated playing there as, a, as an opponent, um, mostly because I was treated so good by not only the fans, but the city and teammates and friends and you know, the Zamboni drivers, the guys in the penalty box, it was really hard for me to go back as an opponent, and I've really never made a big secret of that. I didn't say much about it when I was playing, but when I retired, I, I talked. You know, I got treated so well there. It was it was really hard for me to go back and play in that arena.
1: All right. So, yeah, we'll have more Wayne Gretzky cuts throughout the show. Also coming up, one of Gretzky's former Teammates Dave Lumley is going to join us in studio. Louis DeBrusque later on this hour. Corey Cross on the show as well. Going to be fun. All right. So just getting back to the Oilers practice today. um, The Oilers practice was uh, very up-tempo. A lot of skating. They were using pucks pretty much the entire time. It wasn't what I guess you'd call an old-school bag skate where they just went out there and did laps or went back and forth for an hour without doing any really organized drills. They still did drills that emphasized, you know, passing, shooting, checking, team play, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But there was a a lot of skating, some physical battle stuff as well. They went for about 50 minutes, 5-0, and uh, they were pretty, uh, looked pretty worn out. At, at the end of it, and uh, they should have been because they didn't put in a lot of effort into Saturday's night's game. Todd McClellan, you know, talking about players making mistakes that are, are correctable, he was asked today when the light might go on for some players.
0: I think every individual is different. Um, you know, Doug Wilson always used to tell me that the, uh, the the male brain doesn't mature until 25. We've got a lot of young players that are making mistakes um, mistakes but it goes back to the experience you know right from wrong in certain situations and if you choose to be lazy and wrong that's just a a negative choice you have to fix that Um, nobody's perfect Um, we're far from from a 50 win season we're far from what the washington capitals are doing um we're at the bottom of the league and uh, we're working hard to get out of the bottom never mind just to get in the playoffs and then once you're in the playoffs there's 16 more teams that you have to be better against so we got a long way to go and uh you know the players have to understand that like it's not just about getting out of the, the bottom and 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 out of the lottery it's about beating the top 16 teams
1: all right so that is uh todd mcclellan well yeah there's a long way to go They uh, have more points than last year. They have more wins than last year. But they may finish lower down in the standings than last year. They probably will. So it's not necessarily about beating your team's total from last season. It's about how you do in relation to the rest of the league. And uh, in relation to the rest of the league, the Oilers are right now right at the bottom. We will see where they finish. But, yeah, a lot has to be... Fixed in terms of consistency, in terms of detailed play, in terms of committed play, if this team is going to become any better at all. And and again, plus they they just need simply better players. Because like I said, there's a lot of nights where you thought, well, they've played okay, and, and they still lose. McClellan, looking ahead to Wednesday's matchup. We get to wipe it away now. It doesn't
0: ever leave. But we get to fix some things, and we get to go out and compete again. And it's pretty simple, like it really is. We get that again, we'll be disappointed. We get what we have had for the majority of the games, even down the stretch, going to LA, Anaheim, uh, San Jose, some of those tough buildings to play in. uh, We get that, we'll be fine. I don't know if we'll win the game, but if we get that, we'll move forward. We'll take a tiny little step forward.
1: Well, yeah, a tiny little step for, uh, for game 81. I don't know if that's what Todd McClellan was, was hoping at the start of the year, but they will play, Van, play Vancouver twice Wednesday, and then the final game of the season will be on the road at the Canucks. Uh, some text to six thirty six thirty. Wow, While people are still angry, Duke says, uh, Jordan makes a better politician than a hockey player. What a speech. How much does he get paid to give up on a back check? That is from Duke. Ooh, at, uh, who at least has the fortitude to sign his name, unlike this next texter who's been very busy today. Uh, us as ticket payers are sick of them losing just to jack prices up again for the new spot. Sick of it. How about the owners pay us back? Greedy blankety blanks. Yeah, why don't you talk about it there on the air? No more blowing smoke up the ticket holders. <laughs> wow. Hey, buddy, why don't you stop buying tickets? Okay. Wrong show if you're going to complain about how you willingly spend your money. Okay, pal? Just a quick note to you, okay? You can text six thirty six thirty. 630 Phone number is 780 63 McClellan also asked about some of the uh, physicality that sort of popped up late in the game. There was that almost fight between Hendricks and Bolig. They both got 10-minute misconducts. Down four goals or five goals with four minutes left. It's too late
0: it's too late so now you want to go and you be physical it makes no sense to me it never it it never has in this game um play the first 50 minutes that way you know and then you're worn out you're tired you're sore and maybe it didn't work your way and then you you take the foot off the gas a little bit there but we went exact backwards we didn't have our foot on the gas and we decided to i don't know i guess play hard at the end
1: well, I love, I love that comment, and that's the one thing I always say when, when people are like, well, why don't we go out there at the end and send a message? Why don't we go out there and grab one of their best guys at the end of the game? Yeah, you know why? Because, because you look like losers if you do that. The teams that have to constantly resort to fighting at the end of the game are, are losing teams. It's, it's just a fact. I mean, I know you got to stand up, you've got to be physical, I don't have a problem with that, but, but show it for the entire game not just at the end of the game. All right. We got, uh, Brian on the line, Brian, go ahead. How are you? Good.
3: Good. Good. Always enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I was at the game, I uh, was at the game Saturday night actually. And, uh, I'm not a season ticket holder, but, um, I've been a fan for a long, long time. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Wh- where do you begin with this? But, uh, I think that uh, to me, I thought I thought the core core guys should be safe. You know the Hopkins, Eberle, and and uh, Hall, uh, mainly those guys because they've been here the longest. But after Saturday's game, I, I don't know Reed, if I've ever been as embarrassed as an Edmontonian. More n- not because the game meant anything, and and two two teams that were playing for nothing basically, but you had all those fans there that were. You know, Edmontonians, a lot of kids. This you play, you play for your city. You play for your jersey that you're wearing. Uh, I to me, to me I, I don't know if I've ever been as embarrassed as an older fan. And and what I what I pull, uh, took away from that game, and after hearing a couple of comments from from Eberle, and I'm not even sure who else it was that uh, that played, was that you know what? It, it doesn't matter what player it is on the team, if if they have a problem with being here or or for actually playing for pride and seeing those people in the in the stands that these are the fans that they're playing for that if they're if they're playing for themselves or or whatever reason they they weren't into it or whatever these guys got to be weeded out because it's 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 just a cancer on the team and i i I know that uh you know upper management whatever you know brought, brought these players in uh so it's not just on the players they were young they didn't have role models whatever but now is the time to do it to clean to clean some of these guys out i don't know i don't know i don't care who it is even a mcdavid and i know it's not mcdavid because he's 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 the rookie but the guys that have been here the longest there's no untouchables the guys that don't want to play for the team for that jersey they should not be here period if they don't have the work ethic and the heart. Uh, Calgary showed it that uh, on Saturday night they, they're, they're not nearly as talented as we are and yet for some reason we, we make excuses every year that we are close. we're gonna make it We're you know what now now, now like I hope McClellan and I hope uh, Shirelli do the job you know that, like shirelli has been paid for to do and, I, and I'm pretty confident that he will your thoughts?
1: Well, Brian, first of all, like I, I don't know who he's going to trade. I mean, you can go back and forth about the pluses and minuses, but my old standby line for the last couple of months about making changes is, "What are you afraid of finishing thirty fifth? Like, like you can't get any worse than they've been for for quite a while. I mean, it's it's yeah. like it's like being two hundred pounds overweight. Like, just start a diet. Who cares which one right. it is, right? Exactly." So, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, people, I mean, somebody's texting me and saying, oh, Taylor Hall's a cancer. What do you know about that? I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know if there are guys in there that are, that are dividing the room or, or who are being, you know, are, are not getting along with their teammates. I, I don't know if it's that. I, I just think, you know, what you said that, that, you know, the, the players who were, they were trying to build around, you know, they didn't have the right veterans around them. they, changed coaches a lot but you're right now is the time because you cannot waste the first third of Connor mcdavid's career you cannot do it
3: uh nurse as well and and some others i mean there there are players here you you know what reed when i left that game saturday i thought i hope i hope that somebody in that dressing room just went nuts because that's when it could have happened i don't care who it was but somebody should have and I, I, I'm hoping it comes out later that somebody did because this is this is on the players and somebody has to take the bull by the horns in that room and get this straight because McClellan, I think he's a damn good coach. I don't, this has got nothing to do with him. This has got everything to do with what's between their ears, his players. And I don't know what it is, but, and, and who it is. And I'm not going to start pointing fingers at anybody, but what, when I heard Eberle, what Eberle said at the end of the game, uh, and I can't remember the comment, but it was basically, yeah, you know, we, we have to be better. We have to play better for ourselves. I thought, you know what, that's the wrong thing to say. you got to be better for the people that are, you know, paying your paycheck and the people that are making the effort to come to watch you. You Brian. know what I mean? Like, it's, it's for the – I love the team. I love, I love the city, and I think there's a lot of fans like that. I'm not going to give up on the others. But you know what, before you put that jersey on, and I, I hope the management starts looking at it that way, forget about the talent. There's lots of talent here. That's, it's not about talent, it's about what's between your ears.
1: Brian, thanks for the call, man. I got a break for the news. Really appreciate that you took the time. More of your comments when we get back inside sports.
0: Hi, this is Taylor Hall from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins
4: on Oilers Radio 630 Ched.
1: All right, it's 6 5-1. Blue Jays leading Tampa Bay, bottom of the fifth in the NHL tonight. Islanders up 3-1 on the Lightning. That's late in the second period. The Rangers have a 3-1 lead in Columbus, also late in the second period. Early second frame in Toronto, no score. Panthers and Maple Leafs, of course, the Leafs and the Oilers, both with 67 points, fewest in the league. The Leafs do have two games in hand, so they're playing one of them Tonight, uh, Coyotes up 2 nothing on the Blues. That's late in the first. Duclair has his 20th, and the Kings and the Canucks play a little bit later on. Oil Kings, uh, what are we looking at tomorrow? Mat- Matthew Panachek tomorrow for the Oil Kings. Back in Brandon.
4: Yeah, win or oh, go man. home for the Oil Kings. Yeah, all
1: of a sudden down 3-2 in the series. Uh, the road team has won every game in that series so far. So we'll keep you updated on that one tomorrow night. All right. Louis DeBrus coming up in a few minutes to talk about McClellan's comments today and also some of his memories of becoming an Edmonton Oiler in the 1990s. Uh, by the way, McClellan had uh, also this to say about Saturday night's game.
0: We could have had Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey play for us last game. It wouldn't have mattered. Because it, it, just like I told the players, the, the, the video they saw today had nothing to do with talent. It had nothing to do with adding a goaltender or a two defensemen or changing out core forwards or bringing in big tough guys. It had to do with game management. It had to do with deciding whether or not you really wanted to do it or not. Um, it had to do with playing as a group or a unit versus individuals. Um, you know, as simple as that. It, it had nothing to do with the talent level.
1: Well, clearly Oren Coffey wouldn't have helped the Oilers on Saturday. I mean, one's in his 50s and one's in his 60s. All right, some text to six thirty six thirty. Hey, Reed, any Oilers going to the World Hockey Championship? Not announced yet, eh? Should be soon, eh, Matthew? Usually around this time of year they start naming guys. Yeah, no I think so. No one's been named. I haven't yep. seen anybody named. I would, uh, I would think uh, Hall and McDavid have a good shot to go. Maybe Talbot even?
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. We were Talbot. talking
1: about that last week. Canadian goalies on non-playoff teams. Talbot might have a shot. Uh, That's just for Canada, not getting into other... I mean, Sekera could play... I mean, Hendricks played last year for the States. Maybe he could play again. We'll see about that. Uh, Bill says, why is everyone ignoring the fact that Taylor Hall is a big problem in the room? Please, Peter Shirelli, do the right thing for the fans. TK says, Taylor Hall is not a loser, but I believe he's tired of losing. Some others need to go. Other players need to realize and take accountability. It's not where they play, it's how they play. And uh, where's this other text? Uh, Brad says, "Have you noticed that Hall doesn't have a very good shot? He scores almost entirely garbage goals, misses corners and empty nets. And uh, okay, there was some other uh, there's some other question now I can't find it about uh, about Taylor Hall being a a, a cancer in the room. I guess my my question to everybody is is, is look, I, and that's one thing. I, I I'm around the team. I watch the practices, I interview the players so you get a little bit of a sense of what they like or of, of what they're like. You know, I'm happy to tell you what happened at practice today and and uh, and what McClellan said and how he said it and all that kind of stuff. I, I just all of you have decided that to that Taylor Hall is some sort of an evil human being. I just wonder what has made you decide that. It's because he looks frustrated on the ice sometimes. Well, so does almost every player in the NHL. I mean, I, 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 I'm not there when it's only the players there. and and I've never heard anything. That would lead lead me to believe that somehow Taylor Hall is is disliked in the Oilers room, or or isn't a good teammate, or does, or doesn't get along with those guys. I mean, other than than some of you wanting to say it's Taylor Hall's fault because he was the first of the first overall draft picks, I, I just and I mean, look, I'm not trying to be a jerk here or, or sarcastic or anything. I I just really want to know. I, I just I just I just really wanna know. And look, Taylor Hall's not perfect. He's not a perfect hockey player. I'm sure he's not a perfect human being. But to go so far as to label him as a cancer in the dressing room and as the main reason the Oilers have been a bad team while he's here, I, I think you gotta be able to back that up with something. That, that's that's all I'm saying. Just tell me. We got Dan on the line. Hey Dan.
6: Hey, how you doing? Good. What I wanna talk about is first of all I love Taylor Hall. I think he's one of the best players on the team and I think he inspires most of the team and not all of them. And I think most of the fans really love him. I think a lot of players or a lot of fans are talking out of frustration when it comes to Taylor Hall. I agree. But I think I think the real key issue is leadership. Any organization, whether it's a hockey team or a business it doesn't matter what organization you're running. Leadership is a key component for success. And my feeling is somebody needs to step up and maybe kick a garbage can or something like that and get mad, to maybe make a statement and then go out there and prove that they're going to be a difference maker and uh, make a difference and, and start leading this team. What's your thoughts on the leadership in the in the room right now?
1: Well that's a that's a good question i mean i I mean i think matt hendricks is a leader now he doesn't always play a lot he doesn't always have a huge impact on the outcome of the game uh i do think hall has shown leadership this year uh i think mcdavid shows leadership in the way he plays and and i think he has the personality that he probably will be able to be the captain of the oilers at a very young age perhaps as soon as, as as next year um I mean, I mean, people have asked me, well, if they had a captain, things would be different. I, I don't know about that. I, 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 I don't know about that. I mean, they had a captain in Andrew Ference, and they were, they were still near the bottom of the league. Um, I, I don't know if there. I, I guess when it comes to leadership, is, is there a, a star player on the team who has been reliable enough in looking after the details of his game every night? I I mean, I, I, again, Matt Hendricks does that. Well, some nights Matt Hendricks plays seven minutes, right? So, you know, I, I think sometimes we worry too much about leadership in the dressing room and who's giving the motivational speeches because a lot of athletes I've talked to actually say that doesn't happen very much. They actually say that doesn't happen very much where a guy gets up and gives a rousing speech or punches a pop machine. Um, I guess the and maybe this comes back to what Everly's being criticized for, right? He didn't take care of the detail on the back back check. He assumed Jordan Osterley was going to be able to be to clear a bouncing puck instead of staying with it. So, what it would be nice is is if they had uh, is a is a leader like maybe like Patrick Maroon who has, and I'm not saying he's going to be the captain, but maybe a guy who can score at a decent rate is going to play on your first or second line, is a little older, comes from an organization that has at least had some success, and you know is going to bring you a detailed game every night, and he'll have an impact on the game, even if he doesn't hit the score sheet. And I think, I mean, look, here, here's the thing with, with the, some of the Oilers' offensive players. It's not that they're bad people or bad leaders or whatever. It's It's that they haven't figured out how to consistently impact the game if they don't score. And to me, that's leadership.
6: I agree. And uh, I I think you need to be a good leader. You also have to be a guy who can get it done on the ice. You know, for us to have a third or fourth line player who's uh, got the C on his jersey, and and maybe, and I know Matt Hendricks is a good leader. Uh, He works hard, all of those things. But I really still think that we need an inspiring leader who can show, go out there and be a difference maker and win a game or, or 10 games a year. And uh, I think that's what inspires a team. And a leader isn't necessarily somebody who's got a C on his chest. It's somebody who actually is a leader and, and is a good example and takes responsibility. And I think we've had too many excuses over the last 10 years. And uh, somebody needs to own it. And when that person owns it and uh, makes a difference, I think the rest of the team will follow and I, and I totally see Connor McDavid being that guy down the road here in the next year or two, maybe even this coming year. Because I noticed from day one, from game one, the difference he made on the ice. I think the last maybe five to ten games haven't been as dramatic, but I saw him as a difference maker right from game one.
1: Dan, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's six forty six. Got to take a quick timeout. Five two now for the Blue Jays in the bottom of the fifth. Dickey just pitched out of uh, a jam. Bases were loaded. He only allowed one. We'll keep you updated on the scores when we get back.
3: You're listening to 6:30 TED Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
1: All right, couple guys on hold here. I'm just, I'm just going to read two texts, I, I, I really. Sometimes I'm surprised how, you know, individual players just, just, just really set people off emotionally. Uh, you know, I brought up Taylor Hall. I wasn't going to turn this into the Taylor Hall show, but apparently, you know, people are fired up about it. Uh, T says, Taylor Hall is protected by the media, but you guys persecute Yakupov. The fans are smarter than your spin. T, by the way, you typed then instead of than. You might want to worry about that when you criticize somebody else's intelligence. And Dan says, uh, hey, Reed, can you please explain where the heck these clowns assume that Taylor Hall is a cancer? More barroom, unproven speculation by people who haven't got a clue about hockey. If you're uh, going to crap on someone like that, you better back it up or shut up. That frustrates me more than that crappy team effort on Saturday night. I hope you read this to those imbeciles who call themselves fans. Thanks. That's from Dan. All right. We got uh, Bob online, too. Hey, Bob.
5: Good Lord, some people. Uh, (laughs) Listen, could you give me a hand here? Could you just name some of the older, uh, Oiler captains from the past, starting like like Lee Fogel and guys like that? It's not all superstars. It's not all goal scorers that are captains. And I think sometimes a captain... Uh, finds a team rather than a team finds a captain. Um, who's the young fellow we had for a captain? Just go a little ways back. We've had Dougie Wade and some guys. Um,
1: well, Jason I, Smith I, was captain. Uh, yeah. Morrow was captain. Ference was captain. Uh, Gretzky and Messier were obviously captains.
5: Yeah. My, my point being is, we, we, it doesn't have to be a Hopkins or a, or a Connor or anybody like that. It can be anyone who steps up, and that's. How you want your team to play? Sort of that type of player is, the, is like like Chicago, how how the fellow at Chicago defines the Blackhawks, you know. And I and I think somebody's going to step up at some point in time. I don't think it needs to be a big big hullabaloo and a big bolt forge or anything like that. Just I think that the captain will eventually step up, and probably Connor McDavid will do that. But I don't think it should be assigned by the by the fans. It's an inside the locker room thing, as far as I'm.
1: You know, Bob, in the summer, we wound up doing about half a show on captaincy and leadership, and uh, Paul Sir came into the studio. Now, Paul's a basketball guy. I don't know if you've ever heard Paul. He he has a show on on 1260 now on the weekend uh, that's all basketball, but we still have him on sometimes. He's the head of basketball Alberta. He played college basketball in the States. He's always coached. And he, he, said, well, he, he said, your captain doesn't have to be your best player, but he has to be one of your hardest working players and probably your most reliable player. And he still has to impact the game every night. And he said from a basketball coach, my guy who averages 25 points a game doesn't have to be the captain. It can be a guy who gets eight points and eight rebounds, but he better get those eight points and eight rebounds every single night. And, and not be inconsistent and not take nights off. He said that's how he de- would define a captain.
5: Yeah, us guys that work in the oil patch, I think on your crew, you need a you need a leader, the hard worker. He has to have the character for it, too. And I, I don't think that locker room changes much from a job in construction. The leaders step forward. They step up. And they usually step up when the chips are down.
1: Well, so yeah, that's, that's you know, true.
5: Yeah, I yeah, just want to make that point. Great show too bad the orders you know every year it's really too bad that your your shows your talk shows on on this channel become such negative discussions in a lot of ways it's sad that year after year we're doing this you know the other other quick point to that is is every year we seem to have the last 10-15 games of same cliche these guys are auditioning for next year yeah you're right that just tires tires me right out Take care,
1: man. Thanks, Bob. Okay, going to get to uh, Jeremiah here. Jeremiah, you got about a minute, man. Fire away.
2: Okay, hey, Ray. Um, Just a couple comments here. Uh, One was uh, I think it's accountability amongst, uh, first of all, would be uh, individually players first and then the team. And I remember when Patrick come here, he said there is a one uh, particular interview. He had said we got scored on, and we deflated after one goal. He said from an outsider, he said that that's not right. And he was saying accountability needs to be taken from from everyone. Uh, about if you played a bad game, say you played a bad game and move forward. Don't say oh we we, right? Because then that basically kind of uh, excludes, you know, say the person who's saying that we played, right?
1: You're talking about the Maroon interview from the San Jose game.
2: I, I believe so. Yep. Like he, you know, he he has my full vote, but that guy is, uh, that guy's a good leader and that's actually probably the best, uh, the best acquisition we got there from
1: from the ducks, from, yeah.
2: From the trade deadline. And we did we need some more players like that, right?
1: Jeremiah, thanks for calling. All right. And the last thought this hour is gonna to go to uh Darren. Darren, I got about a minute here, then I gotta to go to the news. What's on your mind?
2: Hey I was just gonna tell you I, I was at the I seen Gretzky score uh, fifty and thirty nine. I seen all the you know the, the the superstars, but I'm just wanna go back we got, we got Connor McDavid. I haven't been a fan since 94. We got this kid. I told my boy now, I said, you finally got a chance to see some hockey. This kid's the best player in the league right now, okay? What they're going to do is, I was, in, I was skeptical of McClellan, but anyway, he or whatever the coach is now. But you know what? You're going to see Hall. You're going to see Hopkins. You're going to see Ackpot. These guys are gone, okay? He, these, these kids were messed up with the McTabish era. These kids, they got to go other places to play and get their own because right now it, that that whole system is screwed. So you're going to see, I'm going to just mark my words, you're going to see this is going to be the biggest shakeup at the end of the year that any team has ever made, and it's going to be good because they're going to make playoffs next year. You watch, and I'm a fan again since 94. Thanks a
1: lot. Okay, Darren, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Okay. Yeah, uh, you can get the full McClellan comments from today on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. A little more from uh, Gretzky's interview with Bob earlier today. And we're going to hit on some Rexall Place and Oilers memories with uh, Dave Lumley, Louis DeBrusque, and Corey Cross, all ahead on Inside Sports. 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.